Hallelujah. We got some kind of God, don't we? Hallelujah. He shows up. place where he's not. I don't want to go to a place where you talk about Jesus. I want to go to a place where Jesus is and where he talks to us and we talk to him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Didn't always have a shout. I'm trying to catch up for what I missed out. So, um, actually, I'm not trying to do anything. I, can't, I learned I can't hold my shout in, so uh, neither can you. Don't get too excited. I know it could happen. Go ahead and shout if it happens today. I don't, I don't always shout, but sometimes it happens. And I decided I'm just going to let it happen. You know, was it Jeremiah said, woe to me if I, I tried to hold it in, but it's like fire in my bones. I tried. I really did. I thought something was wrong with me. But the Lord showed me a verse and said, you're all right. So I'm going with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we all know we're all right when we're shouting. If those people at the football game are all right, we're totally all right. Hallelujah, Jesus. Matthew chapter 1. Thank you, Father God. Father, be glorified. Let your name, let your word, and let me, let you do what you want to do and say in Jesus' name. Verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. In other words, Jesus the anointed one. In other words, the Savior, the anointed one, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin... She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. How would you like to be engaged to a nice guy? Hallelujah. He was sure one thing. He wasn't the one. You know, she got pregnant. It's bad enough to get pregnant when you're engaged, but when you ain't the one, it's even worse. It's like, who? Well, the Holy Spirit settled that. He decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she's going to have a son, and, you're gonna name, and you are to name him. In other words, you're going to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's my Jesus. And you're going to name him Jesus. Jesus means the Savior. Jesus means the Lord that saves. You're going to name him Jesus because he's going to do something. He's going to save his people from their sins. You can't do that by yourself. You need somebody to do that. You can't save yourself from your sins. You can't even kind of really want to sometimes. But if the Holy Spirit comes walking by your life, it says, call on the Lord while he is near. There's a draw. You know, you might be the saddest person in the world, but somebody comes in laughing and joking and having a good time, and all of a sudden you, you don't want to, but all of a sudden you start kind of feeling like laughing and joking and having a good time, even though you've just been really sad and down. But the right person comes, and you're drawn to that, and you begin to kind of forget what you're all crying about, and all of a sudden you just want to be able to rejoice with that person. It's a lot easier. Well, Jesus comes by. He doesn't always come by through the power of the Holy Spirit, and he draws us. Call on the Lord while he's near. Seek his face while he may be found. Today is one of those times while he may be found. If you don't think he can be found today, you're in, there's no, I don't want to say there's no hope for you because there's always just an inkling of hope. But I mean, Jesus is big time here. 
big time here. Holy Spirit is here. He's here. Call on him while he's here. Draw near to him while he's here. Call on him while he may be found. Here's the situation. I read out of this one because it said pregnant instead of with child or something. I thought we can understand that better. I, I think we kind of, we read these things so often we kind of lose track. It's like if you see these angels, let's say they're, well, there's five combines out in the field one night because sometimes they got to go late to harvest and everything. And then the next morning, all the combiners come in and they go, you wouldn't believe what we saw. There's a whole bunch of angels out there and they were singing, blessed be God in the highest. And there's a guy that just got born in Bethlehem. You know, we read through that and we go, oh, there were some shepherds out there by night and the angels sang to them. Do you ever think about it as being real? <laughs> the farmers were out there and there's some bunch of these farmers in this one part of the world actually got to see a bunch of angels and they actually couldn't and seen, you know, to go see where Jesus was born. And the magi, the wise men, but here's the situation. Way back, godzillions of years ago, you know, they talk about light years away, and that's hundreds of thousands of light years away, I think the sun is. How far it takes the sun to go in one year or something, I don't understand. I don't remember it anyway. I used to understand it. But God in infinity, that's a long time ago, so I call it God years ago, godzillions of years ago, God years ago, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were talking, and they said, you know, let's go, get, let's go in the situation room. So here's the situation. They get in the situation room, and they're thinking, we got to talk something over. So he himself and him began to talk over about, you know, it'd be cool to have children. It'd be really neat to have some children. You know, the Bible, and I'll read the verse in a little bit, but the Bible says that Jesus doesn't need anything as if he needed us to serve him. But he said it'd be neat to have a family. It'd be really cool to have a family. The Holy Spirit looked at Jesus and he, that's the same thing I was thinking. And, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus looked at the Father and said, we was thinking the same thing. Funny you would come up with that. And they're thinking, well, wow, that'd be really neat. So here's the deal. What, what's so great about children? I'm not exactly sure what's so great about children, but I know people post them on Facebook a lot. And I know they're the cutest little things, and you just enjoy them. And, and it's just fun to watch them grow, especially in somebody else's house. And it, it's just beautiful. And God just wanted to have some children. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all three of them wanted children. All at the same time. So they had something going in the Situation Room godzillions of years ago in, 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 during that one certain infinity day. And if Psalms 127.3 says children are a reward from the Lord. So we know they're a blessing and we've seen they're a blessing. It also goes on to say and they are an inheritance from the Lord. And it says blessed is a man that has his quiver full of them, which was talking about the quiver that holds arrows. And if you could have a whole quiver full, you're really blessed to have a bunch of children. So have children, you know. But anyway, so the whole tenor of Scripture is it's a blessing to have children. If you couldn't have children, it was considered a curse. Just children are really cool. And God just wanted some, some children. Um, Let me give you one more verse. It says, not only do you like children and grandparents know this, and those that want to be grandparents probably kind of know it too, like us. <laughs> but uh, it says, may you live to see your children's children. So children are just lifted up in the Bible. They're a blessing. It's neat to have fellowship. It's neat to get along with them. And it's neat for them to be able to be in fellowship with their parents. Well, the devil doesn't want family to look right. So because if he can make family look wrong, he make God look wrong. But that wasn't how it was in the beginning. So in the first day, in the first day of the situation room, they're thinking, we got to have children. Well, then... 
um, they're thinking about this, and they're thinking, well, let's meet tomorrow. Godzillions of years ago on the second day in the situation room. So they all came to the desk, he himself and him, and they got to looking at each other. And you know what would be really neat? Is that when we have them children, we, couldn't, we don't just watch them or something, but we could have fellowship with them. He just really would like to, and I would like to see them have fellowship with each other. Now, Jenny has no idea what I was going to preach, but I want you to understand not only did you feel God's presence here like crazy, but she at the end, as she began to worship, was saying, let's, have, let's play with our father, let's have fun with him, and let's have a good time with each other, and let's be one. You know, and uh, it's just what God's saying today. He's saying, I want to have fellowship. And so the father looked at the Holy Spirit, and he goes, do you know what I'm thinking? The Holy Spirit said, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking fellowship, aren't you? And Jesus said, that's exactly what I was thinking too. And they all got together, and they got to thinking. And after they kept thinking, and they saying, I think, I think, I think. I, and they said, let's do it. Let's, let's have children that can have fellowship. So they're thinking, whoa, that's exciting. So it says, and I said this verse, but I'll just tell you where it's at, Acts 17, 24. It says the, the Lord made the world. He made everything in it. The Lord, he is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed something because he gives, himself gives all men life, breath, and everything else. Everything we get is from him. It's not as if he needed us, but he said he'd like to have a family. Hallelujah. So... They're in that second day in the situation room, and their whole focus and desire is fellowship. And they're thinking, I just want you to see that before Jesus ever came, they were thinking this, Godzillions of eternities past. They were thinking of this before it ever happened. And it says, it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's, he's calling you into fellowship with himself. You think of uh, parents, especially women, but all parents, moms and dads, everybody, want to spend time with my kids. I want my kids here for Christmas. I want fellowship. I don't care if they get me anything, but they, I want a hug. I want closeness. God's out there saying, I want fellowship. I want fellowship. If I have fellowship with you, I will, you will not need to be satisfied with the world. Fellowship with me will make you despise the world. How many of you come here angry this morning? I felt this during worship. Angry this morning that Facebook, news, politics, iPhones with all the stuff, internet, games. How many get angry of the fact those things stole some time from me and Jesus again? Oh, I'm mad at them things. I'm so mad I'm going to spend more time with Jesus no matter what it takes. And Jesus really wants to spend time with me. 1 John 1, 3. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also. So why? Why, are I, why am I proclaiming today? Why do we proclaim the gospel? It says we're proclaiming it to you so that you may have fellowship with us. When they were in that situation room, they are saying, here's the situation. I want to see my children have fellowship with each other, and I want the children to have fellowship with us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit says we just want to have fellowship. He wants a relationship. And indeed, it says in John 1 John 1, 3, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 
2 Corinthians 13, 14. 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. A lot about fellowship in the Bible. It's what it's all about. That's the whole Christmas story. It's all about fellowship. Do we understand that plea of the scriptures? The scriptures is pleading. The, the Lord God most almighty, the loving God, our Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit is pleading to have fellowship with us. Doesn't sound like a bad deal, bad guy. Sounds like a good God. Sounds like a kind father. So they get to the third day of the situation room because they're thinking this is good. This is a good deal. We'll, make, we'll, we'll create some children. We'll make it so they can have fellowship and have a good time together. And we'll make it so they can have fellowship with us. But in order to do that, they're thinking on the third day, Father, he himself and him sat down and looked at each other. And the father starts talking. He had to gavel. And he says, um, yeah, let's make them so they can create like we created and procreate and, and uh, give them power to be just like us. Let us. Let's make them in our own image and in our own likeness. Let's make them body, soul, and spirit just like we're Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus looked at the Father and Jesus looked over the Holy Spirit and they said, Father, that's just what we were thinking. And so it was a go again, three votes Majority, you, you, you super unanimous. <laughs> Better than Congress. <laughs> but they said, yeah, but we don't want robots. This was the hardest day. Godzillions of years ago, third day in the situation, it was the hardest day for them to decide. Because they, they got to thinking about the complications that could happen if you had children. You ever think about the complications that could happen if you had children? <laughs> oh, there can be some complications. Especially with some of you guys. No. <laughs> Especially with me. Okay, and you all know that. But anyway, um, well, they said, well, we don't want them to be robots. The Father was saying, well, I don't want them to be robots. The Holy Ghost looked at Jesus. Jesus looked at the Holy Ghost. And they looked at the Father and said, we don't want them to be robots either. And, they, and then Jesus said, you know what, Father? You know, we created all them angels. 33.333% of them rebelled and took off. The good thing about it, and the good thing about that is that's all that left. But if we create people that can recreate each other, that taint of sin that one has is going to be inherited in the next one. And that's going to cause real trouble. And Jesus, you know, Holy Spirit, he's, you know, Holy Spirit discerns a lot. So Holy Spirit looked over at Jesus and says, oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And he discerned and he said, you know what? I can see Godzillions of years in the future. It's not going to be just one individual that sins. It's actually going to be the first individual that's going to mess up and rebel but I want a family so they're here in the situation room I tell you it was a tough day that day because they're thinking man everybody looked at Jesus <laughs> they said we got an idea Jesus said I don't like your idea I think I know what you're going to say <laughs> I said but I do I do I want I want children and I don't want them to be robots, and I do want them to be having a second chance. Now, the angels, they didn't have a second chance, and they don't procreate or recreate. The Bible says they don't. They didn't say that because the Bible wasn't written yet, but I said that to you guys. The Bible says they don't. So Jesus thinking, started sweating. No blood, wasn't body yet. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jesus said, you know what, we go through with this, we can do it. 
as long as we stand together. So we're going we're gonna to go ahead and create humans. We're going to make them in our likeness and in our image. And this is where I could go on a rabbit trail. I'll try not to. God years in the past, they had that conference. And, I, you know, I'm bringing that up. I don't want you to believe it just because I said it. Because the Bible says they had a conference. You didn't see that yet, did you? Well, you can read into this, but uh, you'll see they had a conference. And I'm going to read the good with the bad because it goes together. But the, the point I want to get is the part where they had a conference. 6,000 years ago, at least, and probably much more than that, because what's eternity past? When did they come up with this? Um, but they had a big plan for us way long, long time ago. Put a lot of work into into giving us life, giving us a present called life. You know, I, I, I got saved, and I believe in hell. I, I can find it in the Bible. But I always told people when I first got saved, this is so good. Even if there weren't no hell, I ain't letting go of this. You know, this is too good. This is too good. I would never want to die. I mean, if you cease to exist and there was no hell, or if you cease to exist like some people think, that would be terrible. This has been too good. Before that, before I got saved... I was wanting to cease to exist for four years. If I hadn't known some word that people had told me I'd go to hell if I commit suicide because I wasn't saved, I would have four years, for those four years, I would have ceased to exist because it would have been good to cease to exist. It would have felt so good to not feel no more. But now it would never feel good to not feel no more. I really like this stuff I got. If it bothers people, they should get it so it don't bother them. If you get the same disease, we'll all be in the same boat. It'll just be fine. Hallelujah. That's shouting stuff. Anyway, Revelations 13, 8. All the inhabitants of the earth, this talking about after the rapture, however you look at it, but all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain when? From the creation or the foundation of the world. Not sure, that sounds like kind of he was slain from the time that the earth started being made. But other ones, as I'm going to show you, it could have been even further back than that, that they had these conferences. And maybe they didn't have it three days in a row. Maybe they skipped a God year of eternity and then had the second conference. But at any rate, this man Jesus, Acts chapter 2.23, that was Revelation 13.8. This man Jesus was handed over to you by the God's set purpose and his foreknowledge. They had a conference. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But I raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was not possible that death should keep its hold on him. Hallelujah. I hope we all get that attitude. It's not possible that death will keep its hold on me. We let deathly things try to grab hold of us. It's not possible for that stuff. That's not right. That don't feel good. It don't look right. I don't care how many of my friends are doing that. I don't care how many of them are wasting time and polluting themselves. It's not right, and I'm missing out. I don't like that death. I don't like it. might feel kind of lively at the moment, but once you're done drinking it, poison takes effect quick, don't it? Mm, that's shouting stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven, and I'm not going slow. I'm going to be... I'm going to, that door, he better be swinging it open when I get there because I'm being on full blast. Hallelujah. 
That's the only way to go through this thing. All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. You want to go through it some other way? I don't know if you're going to get through. Because he's only got two commands. Love your God with all your heart. It's real, real easy to memorize. Love your heart with God. All your heart, God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love everybody else. Fellowship. It's all about fellowship. So it's set for knowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, that's us. That's us. With the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to hold. Determine today, as the scriptures are reaching out for fellowship, determine today to shake off the death and get a hold of Jesus. Hallelujah. First Peter 1.20 says it the most plainly. He was chosen before the creation of the world. Before any of this happened, they was in a situation room and he was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. The Bible says in the fullness of time he sent his son. Hallelujah, born of a virgin. Hallelujah. Well, if he wasn't born of a virgin, he wouldn't have been pure. But he's pure enough to save me. The fire that he is can save me. The fire that would have been tainted by sin cannot save me. Hallelujah, he saved us. Hallelujah. And Mary, and you are to name his name Jesus because he's going to save you from your sins. Ah! <laughs> Hallelujah. So he wanted to have fellowship. He wanted to have children. He saw the end from the beginning. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going on. He went into this thing, come out of the situation room, and he knew what the situation was. And he still said, I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you. You. I want you. He, 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 he counted the cost. Got zillions of years before he came to earth. Because I don't think you can measure time back in eternity. So he sat down in the situation room. Father, son, he himself and him. And they decided they would pay the price. Somehow the three of them would get through this thing in order to have fellowship with you. How long can we exploit his grace? Call on him while he's near. My spirit will not always strive with man. Except my spirit draw, you can't come. You don't know if you can come tomorrow or later today. I know that. I've had, just in situations, even after we're saved, we know when the Spirit draws. You miss it, you miss it. Sometimes he can't draw you to that same situation again. Well, don't expect him to let you exploit his... There's, a, there's not a big enough word, amazing grace. Don't expect if we exploit his amazing grace over and over again that maybe next time we can go ahead and get saved. This might be the last time. Why would you um, care whether or not that's true or not? It's too important. Just do it. Well, maybe that's not true what the preacher's saying today. So? <laughs> it's important. So if you, even if you do get drawn three days from now or three years from now or 18 years from now when you've totally destroyed everything, why not? 
save all that trouble and save all God's hurt. Even if he would have drawn you later on. But he doesn't play games. That's why he decided in the situation room that I'll go ahead and die. I'll go ahead and pay the price. I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to give him a Christmas present. I'm going to go on the first fullness of time. And I'm going to send them the greatest gift that's ever been sent to anybody. I'm going to send them eternal life. And even before that, he sent us 4,000 years before that, he sent us life itself through Adam and Eve that we could even exist. Romans 8.32, he decided to pay the price. And it says that in that price, it says he, de he predestined us to be conformed to his image. He predestined us to have fellowship with him. He predestined us to be able to enjoy him and him to enjoy us. He predestined it in the situation room. Thought about it a long time before it ever paid the price. And he, those he, pre, in his foreknowledge it says, and those he predestined he called. And those he called he justified. And those he justified he glorified. And then it says right after that, what shall we say to all this? In response to all this, what are you going to say in response to all this? The Bible says he predestined us. He didn't, it doesn't say he predetermined. The Bible said he, he I always think Western. <laughs> I don't like the new shows. But the old Western, some of them you can still watch and be saved. But, uh, and you can watch. I'm just joking. I'm just You can watch other stuff too. But not much. Anyway. <laughs> I always think of them trains, you know, and them bandits and and that train is destined for Dodge City or, or for Abilene or, or New Orleans or somewhere. But that train's destined. It's got a destiny. And there's a bunch of people on it and they've got a destiny. And some of them are at the depot and they've got a destiny. But if the bandits come while you're at the depot, you'll be persuaded not to even get on the train. But you've got a destiny. And that train, it's determined pretty much where that train's going to go. It can even be stopped. But... It hasn't been determined where you're going to go. It's been predestined where you can go, but it doesn't determine where you'll go. You determine where you'll go, whether you get on the train or not. And then when you get on the train, them bandits jump on top, and they're running around on top, and they're coming in the backside, and they're going up by the boiler room, and, and they're trying to stop that train because they found out there's gold on that train. What's the gold? It's your soul. And they're going to try to get you off that train. And sell you out so they can profit. And you're letting them do it. It's time to be angry. It's time to fight back. It's time to have a Merry Christmas instead of a Maybe Christmas. Mm. What do you need today? Do you need adoption? Do you need fellowship? Do you need to start spending time with the family? Are you losing your identity completely? Have you fallen off the train? Have you walked off the train? Have you got off in the wrong depot? You might have missed a lot of Christmases. You know, it's so amazing to me that we're celebrating his birthday today, and we really are. That sounds kind of weird because God always was, God always is, God always will be. 
But the fact is, he was only born as Jesus once. And his 2016th verse, approximately, they don't know when, but approximately 2016th verse, birthday is today. Time is running out. We are in the end of the end. And even if they were in the end of the end when they were in the beginning of the end, it's still running out. And if you don't, you know, God is so good, and I want to focus on that somehow. But when you ignore a good person, when you exploit a good person, when you mistreat a good person by ignoring them, too long, that good person has every right to bring justice against that. There comes a point where you just can't live in the house. And do you understand you've been called to fellowship? Do you understand you've been called to be children? Do you understand you're predestined? You can't help but make it if you get on the right train and pick up the right weapons. We are warriors, but we are children, but we're also warriors. But we need to be children warriors. We need to keep that childlikeness. But do you realize when you are not going all out with God, when you are not loving him back, when you are not fellowshipping with him, do you realize all the people? You can say, well, I'm hiding it. Well, no, you're not. Do you realize all the people of God's, God's people that you could have influenced toward him? And you're causing Father God not to be able to bless those children because of your lifestyle. But if you had a lifestyle built in his house, you would begin to influence people toward him. People that are being lost might not be lost and most likely, for sure, some of them will be saved because you gave your life to Jesus, because you sold out to him, because you answered the call of fellowship. So Merry Christmas, Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. And I need my worship team to come up. Does anybody want to make Jesus happy for his birthday? Does anybody want to make Jesus happy for his birthday? The Bible says in Matthew 18 and Luke 15, I believe, there's more joy in heaven over one person. And if we could all stand... And I'm kind of speaking as if maybe somebody in here is totally lost and going to hell. But you know what? There's everything in between, too. And God wants you to take that step forward in your heart. Don't even know that I'm asking. I really could care less how it happens as long as it happens. But God wants us to go forward in our heart and to be set free. He's longing. I remember when I first got saved. I heard one of my cousins was saved, and I hadn't known that. And I got saved, and, and somebody said, well, so-and-so is saved. And it just, wow, my heart just boom, burst, burst. And it's like, all I want to do as soon as I see that guy, he lived a long ways away. It's, if I ever get to see him, I just want to give him a big old hug. Jesus is longing for you to be safe. He's longing for you to be saved. He's longing for you to let go of the junk that's killing you. It's not helping you. It is killing you. 
It is lying to you. It is destroying you. It is for the moment. And he is for Godzillions of eternity and God years. He's forever and ever and ever. He loves you. He loves you with an undying love. He could wish that he was cursed and cut off just so you could be saved. You know, Jesus did that. Paul had the same heart. He says, I wish I could be cursed and cut off from Christ so I could save my brethren. If it would save them and just me being cursed and cut off, then praise God, they got saved at least. That's how, that is how deep in the situation room, how longing, how earnestly they wanted to give life to you. How earnestly they wanted to be able to have fellowship, family with you. So much so that he would be destroyed. And Paul had the same heart as Jesus. He says, if I could just be cursed and cut off for who? For the sake of my brethren, the people of Israel, those who have been called. See, it wasn't a sure thing. They were destined. Paul said, I want to be cursed and cut off, if possible, if I could just be cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brethren, the people of Israel, those whom God has chosen. He wanted to be cut off. Some people say, well, some are going to be chosen and some are not going to be chosen. Just depends on whoever God decides. It does not. It depends on what you do. Because he said, Paul said, they were, they were chosen. He said, I wish I could be cursed and cut off for the chosen ones because they're lost. You're a chosen one, but that doesn't make you right with God. You got to do your part. What is the work of God? The Bible says the work of God is just to believe. Do you believe Jesus died? Do you believe he longs for you? Then you can't keep going out and sinning. The work of God is to believe on the one he has sent. So I'm asking you today, don't count the cost anymore. You've counted the cost. It's going to cost everything. You've already counted the cost. And you know exactly what the price is. It's everything. It's going to cost you everything. It cost me everything. And it'll cost me everything to continue with Christ. But in, re in return for everything, all you get is everything. I count it all my everything is done, Paul said, that I might obtain Christ. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song, uh, The King. Let's worship. We've got lots of time. Let's just worship, and then we're going to close in just a moment. The King.
however you want to say this. Surrender everything. If you are convicted to the heart, I want my life changed. Jesus can do that. Then during this time, if you want to come up and talk to Pastor Mark and just, uh, he can pray with you. Um, don't be afraid. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. And uh, so we'll sing just the first verse and the chorus to this. Go tell it on the mountain. So we're going to tell people Jesus Christ.